G'day everyone and welcome to another Bloody Movie Podcast. I'm Sean Coates. Thanks very much for listening in today. It's awards season. It's that time of year again. The Oscars are just around the corner. When you'll be listening to this, they'll only be two days away. And we're going to break them down, all the nominees, who we think should win and who we think will win. And joining me is Film Twitter's self-appointed awards season guru, Sarah. How are you today? I'm good, thanks. Uh, So do we want to start from the end? So we'll start with best live action short. Yeah, but a lot of these smaller car- categories, like, I, I don't know if I can speak for Sarah here, but I know nothing about these, haven't seen any of these films, so this is just completely conjecture and looking at what's been winning in the other award ceremonies. Mm-hmm. So Same. So I'm going to go with Brotherhood. What about you? Uh, so the no- should they say all the nominees first. Okay. So Brotherhood's one of the nominees. The other one is The Neighbours Window, Saria, A Sister and Nefta Football Club. The only one of these films I'm really hearing much about is Nefta Football Club, so... I'm just going to say should win, will win, Nefta Football Club. Yeah. Okay. All right. And we'll be, uh, I'll be recording what our predictions and I'll be putting them on our Facebook and Twitter page. And uh, when the Os- after the Oscars happen, we'll see out of who, who won, out of myself or Sarah. I'm, I'm just going to say now, it's probably going to be Sarah. Oh, I doubt it. I'm pretty, I'm pretty uncertain okay. about that. Okay. So Best Documentary Short is next? Yep. So I'm going to go with should win and will win, learning to skateboard in a war zone. The other nominees are St. Louis, Superman, Walk, Run, Cha-Cha, In the Absence and Life Overtakes Me. I think with this one, like it's always the one with the most uh, attention-grabbing title. Yes, that's what I was going to say too. Like I think mm-hmm. the, the, like the winner of this category I think a few years ago was like Heaven is a Traffic Jam on the 305 or something yes. like that. Yeah, yes. so it's always the name, the really long and really catchy names that get it. So that's why I will also agree with you in saying mm-hmm. learning to skateboard in a war And keep zone. in mind the, inca- uh, the entire Academy votes in these categories. So I'm assuming most of the voters probably haven't seen a lot, a lot of, of the nominees. So okay. they're probably going to go for the one that's Off the, name itself. the most that's eye-catching. Smu- that's very smart thinking. So in, in case people aren't aware, wh- how does the Oscar voting actually work? Because it's the category... like So these categories everyone votes on, but the more technical categories, that's the different arms of the Academy. Like So sound designers vote for the sound categories, cinematographers, cinematographers, actors for actors, etc. Does it work like that? That's sort of how the nominations work. Oh, okay. So you've got like the cinematographers voting for the nominees in the cinematography category, but everybody gets to Everybody votes vote. in the end. Yeah. Right. Okay. So then what have we got next? So what we've got next is Best Animated Short. I think it's notably no Pixar this year. Yes. That's the only thing they always take out this award. Pixar are the Meryl Streep of animation. They always <laughs> yes. get a nomination and almost always win here. But yeah, the nominees this year are Hair Love, Kitbull, Sister, Memorable, and Desera or Daughter. Um, I've heard of Kitbull. I think that might be a, a, a DreamWorks one or mm-hmm. something or like a smaller animation company. Yep. I know that Hair Love is like a Sony one that I think played before what was their animated film this year i think it played before one of their films this year okay yeah okay. i've only been hearing about the main two so hair love and kitball so i'm probably going to be tossing up between them i'm going to go with yeah. hair love for now though yeah a lot of the other ones like they always put in um like you know these foreign animated shorts which are almost infinitely better than the ones the american ones that always win yes but no one will probably see yeah them so I'll, them. I'll also say hair love too next we've got best international film I don't think there's much that needs to be said. It's Parasite is a should and will for this, but it's yes. also worth talking about a lot of the other nominees here. So I've seen mm-hmm. four of the five nominees here. So the n- nominees are Parasite from South Korea, uh, Pain and Glory from Spain, Les Miserables from France, uh, Honeyland from North Macedonia, and Corpus Christi from Poland. 
Uh, I think Corpus Christi is actually getting a release uh, for, through Palace Cinemas like in May this year, so I'll definitely check that out. And I've been hearing good things that came out of like Venice and TIFF about that film. But yeah, I saw all of those, except for Parasite, which came out earlier, all of those other nominee nominees at MIFF, and they're all absolutely fantastic. Like There was a bit of... Um, there was rumblings when Portrait of a Lady on Fire was not France's submission. Yes. But when you think about it, a film like Les Miserables, which is all about like you know racial tensions and like police brutality, it's that's, very topical. It's very topical, and yes. it's going to get it's always going to get nominated over an elegant period piece. Yes, I mean The Handmaiden is a perfect example of being snobbed. Um, yeah, so I think po- uh, Parasite will obviously win, and also I think if we consider previous history. Uh, best foreign language was what it used to be called. If it's nominated and it's also nominated in best picture, it always wins that category. So yeah. Best international. Because the Oscars, I mean, that might change this year, and we'll get to that when we talk about Parasite for best picture. Yeah. But that's what they'll, they'll they'll say. Oh no, we gave you best international feature. You're not. But how insulting is that? Like yes. last year, like Roma winning best international feature, but then Green Book winning best picture. Like the fact that every American film is better than the international one in the eyes of it's I think uh, it comes down to the history of the Oscars. It's about congratulating themselves yeah, in the American exactly. studio system. So Precisely. It's also strange that um and we'll get to it because Honeyland is also nominated for documentary. Like that's yes. a really interesting one because it's one of those things that um it's a it's a film it was the first film I actually saw at MIF this year and it's one of those films where you forget you're watching a documentary. Like, it plays out like a narrative film. Uh, Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Okay, yeah. So, it plays out like a regular narrative film, but then, like, it's kind of done in this verite sort of fly-on-the-wall style where the filmmakers were with this uh, wild beekeeper in Macedonia for, like, three years just documenting documenting her, and then this family comes in and moves next door and, like, starts... It's like this really interesting parable of, like, like, nurture and nature and, like, environmentalism. It's a fascinating film. And the fact that that's yeah nominated in two categories, in two yes, co- categories here, yeah, and we'll move on to documentary then. But should yeah. will is definitely parasite. But yes, uh, I I would not mind if Pain and Glory, Les Misérables, or any or Honeyland take it out. Yes, though. I will. I do think Pain and Glory will come in second, just from the support of actors and Antonio Banderas as well. Yeah, definitely. So then, do- best documentary feature. So Honeyland, as we previously said, and then there's mm-hmm. American Factory, For Sama, The Cave, and The Edge of Democracy. Yes. First of all, where is Apollo 11? <laughs> they hate archival oh footage. Oh, my God. It's so good, though. Apollo 11. Like, again, yeah. talking about a film that makes a narrative film, a, 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 yeah. a dramatic narrative, really tense film out of, you know, real life, and especially of a situation everybody knows the outcome of, Apollo 11 is freaking amazing. Yes. And they've snubbed, like, front runners before. I mean, look at last year with Mr. Rogers' yeah, documentary. There was another snubbed. one, Three Identical Strangers, too. That yes. didn't get nominated either. But yeah, I this is, it's a tough one because uh, as you will hear, as you would have heard if you listened to my previous episode where I um, reviewed For Sama, that film is incredibly powerful and just like gut wrenching. But I don't know if that's if those like historically if those sorts of documentaries like really confronting, really, really like uh, ones about war and documenting war, if those have, have won historically, I'm not quite sure about that. Yeah. Well, I do think it's between Four Summer and American, and American Factory. Factory, which is on Netflix and is one of the films yes, that is accessible. one of many films where. But then again, don't, the Academy don't really like Netflix. But then yeah. again, Netflix have one in this category a few years ago yes. with Icarus. So. And also, the major um, important point to point out is American Factory's production company is um, the Obamas. Is it really? Yes. So a lot of people are assuming 
that people want to see the Obamas right. up on stage if they do turn up at the Oscars. So, so you're saying Barack Obama was a producer on this film yes. and Barack Obama could win an Oscar potentially? Potentially. Well, I think the... So that's the major like, interesting. thing going for it. I think the documentary usually the documentary award usually goes to the director, not the producers, though. So. Yes, but a lot of people said that they know that the, uh, the Obamas are behind it, so they could right, be voting okay. for it. But right. I actually, I'm going with Forsama. Mm, I'll, I'll say should Forsama, yep. but I'll say that American Factory mm-hmm. will win. Even though Forsama did win a lot of BAFTAs, do you still, do you still think American Factory will win? Uh, I'm I thinking it's, I think it's lucky that Forsama has won just recently between the voting period, right? So the voting period just opened, uh, just closed, I think today. So the 4th of February, so in America, okay. it's today. Well, I mean, we could all just like go off that tweet that the Academy put out yesterday. <laughs> oh, yes. Like, we should just me- Brent mention that briefly. So they, they t- some, I guess, yeah. like, in, like social media intern at the Academy tweeted out their Oscar predictions. And there's a lot of, um, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, discussion as to whether they accidentally leaked what the actual awards are or if it's just a joke or, if what, what, or what it even is. What are your thoughts I'm on this? I'm leaning towards it's a PR stunt. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that's where I'm thinking too. I think a lot of people think it's uh, a leaked ballot. Yeah. But the problem is majority of the categories are so locked, it kind of looks like it could be the potential winners. Right, but yeah. um, I think it's just coincidence. Yeah. Or it could, be, it could be a thing where like every second one is what the actual winner. Yeah, that's true. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's just a PR stunt and they've linked, um, what was it, a tweet to like creating your own Yeah, that's right, which I've seen so a lot of people do recently, yeah. Yeah, I've okay. got them up here if you want to discuss okay, them, but so I think most it, from, of them... From memory, it was Forsama that was in that one, correct? Yeah, uh, yes, so. yes, so they've predicted Forsama, yeah. but I still think America, I don't, I don't know, it's tough. They oh. gave a pretty rousing speech at BAFTA and a lot of people okay. seemed really into it. So right. I don't know. Do they, again, like again, you're the award season expert. Do they pay a lot? Of, does the BAFTAs usually carry over to the Academy Awards, or is that just because yes. they wanted to award the BAFTAs wanted to award a film that Channel Four financed? Wow. Yes, true. But uh, yeah, there are um, member overlap between BAFTA and the Academy. Right. But then again, if we bring up the argument that the entire Academy votes for these categories, maybe they'll just go with the one that they've heard a lot about and they've seen sort of. Right like acceptance speeches and that sort of thing because that does play a part in who wins definitely good acceptance speeches what's next best animated mm, feature no frozen 2 <laughs> no frozen 2 which is a surprise but uh, who ca- who really cares like it's True. just it's kind of a boring category this year i don't know but there's some interesting picks but overall boring category so we've got yes. toy story 4 uh, more love for netflix here with klaus and i lost my body uh, missing link and who i think should absolutely win is how to train your dragon the hidden world both because, like, it usually happens with a lot of these sorts of films, like, especially with trilogies. Like, it was snubbed both, because I think the second one won the Golden Globe, but then lost the Oscar to yes. Big Hero 6. So, I think maybe, I mean, they'll probably just give it to Toy Story 4, and that's what I, that's my thinking, is just that they'll do that. I think just based on name recognition. Yeah. And uh, that's probably the most seen film in the categories. I mean, mm. apart from maybe Klaus because it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Uh, I was going to say, I Lost My Body is the token uh, foreign animated film that's usually there. And it's probably, out of the ones I've seen, it's... a bit it's, niche, I yeah, think. Yeah, I, I didn't really like it that much, actually. I saw it at okay. MIFF and, yeah, wasn't too, wasn't too impressed by it. Like, the animation's beautiful, but yes. the actual story itself was take it or leave. But, 
Yes, I'll say Toy Story 4 will win, but the should should absolutely be How to Train Your Dragon I think Toy Story 4 also won PGA. But um, Ace, I think it was at the Ace Eddies or one of the Guild Awards, Klaus actually swept and Toy Story 4 was sort of shut out. Do we know what happened with the Annie Awards, which is the... Oh, the Annie. That was the Annie, yes. The Annie Awards was Klaus winning a lot. That should be interesting. But I still think Toy Story 4, because if this is the... Like, if they just, like... It's my, a name my, check. It's a name check and also just the cynical thinking of like the Academy members. It's just like, oh, my kids love Toy Story 4. Let's yes. vote for that. Yep. And also I think Randy Newman got a um, song nomination yes, as well for he Toy did. Story 4. Yeah, so he's nominated twice this year because yes, he's for score as Marriage Story. Could take out two. All right, so th- is that the next category? No, yep. it's um, visual uh, effects. Yeah, so this is an interesting one. Avengers Endgame, 1917, The Irishman, The Lion King and Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, so this is probably a one that I will switch around my predictions last yeah, minute. <laughs> it could be any one of those. Um, I mean, th- there's a potential for the Irishman to walk away with nothing this year. Yeah, that's really sad. So <laughs> I hate to say this, but sometimes people like to give consolation prizes and they might just give Irishman visual effects because that's what's been sort of Netflix's... Yeah, like they, push they, I mean they've been promoting a lot that's an interesting uh, train of thought there but I'm thinking maybe just of in case they want to especially since it's going to be like broadcast on ABC and because it's been around for like all over a decade now there's 22 films like they're gonna and because it's now the highest grossing film of all time I think this might be the thing that Endgame takes it out just to top it off, it was like the highest grossing film of all time. Biggest film that's ever came Avatar, out. Yes. And then, so they're like, well, let's give it an Oscar. Let's give it to, something. Yeah, that, that, yes. that's what they're going to do in recognition. Even though I don't think the visual effects are that good. I was really, mm-hmm. I was the one, I was the, probably the one man um, army pushing for Gemini Man to be nominated in this category, <laughs> but wasn't to be, unfortunately. So I'll say Avengers Endgame will win, yeah. but... Yeah, yeah, I'll I'm say the Irish, oh, but I don't even think I would say the Irishman should win just so it will get something. But I yes. don't even think like I wasn't bothered by the um by the de aging effects. Yeah, that much. some people I thought that it was really like obvious and they couldn't like get past it, but I thought they did a pretty good job. It, it was weird at first, but you, especially over the course of three and a half hours, like you get used to it pretty quickly. Yeah, if you like acclimate to it, yeah. But yeah, who who sh- who I think should win? I haven't seen The Lion King, so um, neither. I mean, right. do you I think nineteen seventeen has a chance? It's not very showy though. That's yeah, the thing. that's the thing with visual. I'm just trying to think, like in terms of like visual effects, that's not just CGI. Like that's also like you know, visual effects can also be practical effects too. Yes, I believe. And in terms of nine, in terms of that, I think maybe 1917 absolutely should, because I, did Mad Max Fury Road win for visual effects too? Because there's very few. Sure. That's interesting. But, I mean, if we're comparing 1917 and Avengers, the Avengers Endgame is way more flashier and showier than 1917. But if we have a 1917 sweep... Yeah, it'll absolutely... Maybe it'll take it as well. And in that that thing you pulled up earlier, I think that had 1917 winning uh, Best Visual Effects. Uh, Let's have a look. Yeah. Oh no, it was only nominated, but it didn't win. Fury Road didn't win. Yeah. It was 2015. What would have won? It was... God... No, not Doctor oh, Strange. Revenant? The, the Revenant. Was that the same year? I think that so. would have been the same year, yeah. Let's see. Um, I'm trying to think what else, like a big effects heavy, like, I don't know, like like tentpole action films came out that year. What was the what was the Marvel film that came out in 2015? It wasn't like 
Avengers Age of Ultron. Oh, Interstellar. Was a, yeah, Interstellar. Okay, that's okay, a good yeah. choice. That's a good choice, yeah. <laughs> yes, can't argue Definitely. with that. We'll move on to the next one. Best sound mixing. Best sound mixing and sound I mean, editing. Yes. So, and here's the thing of bringing yes. these in. Do the, <laughs> Academy, do the Academy know the difference between the two categories? The sound guys definitely do. But do the do the rest of the Academy of so. voters? Probably not. I don't not. think so. It's a very very easy distinction to make, but a lot of people really don't know and it. And can so. they be bothered like yeah. finding out? I don't think so. Because I think two years ago it was the exact same five nominees for both categories, and I think this yes. year there's only one difference between the two uh, of them. Yes. So Ad Astra making it into sound mixing. So Ad Astra is in sound mixing, and Ford v Ferrari is in sound editing. But for the other category, but it, and the Star ones Wars. in both categories, oh, and Star Wars is in sound editing yes. too. And what's the other one that's not in another one? It's one second. No, no, it's just. Oh, Ford v Ferrari is in, in both. both. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah. we've got 1917, Ford v Ferrari, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in both. And Joker. And Joker in both. Yeah. In both. Um, well, in terms of sound editing, the um, the tip from the voters or from just Academy members is the loudest movie wins. So I'm just trying to think in what that would probably they be. They typically do be, like war films. It would be in these war categories. films or it's Ford v Ferrari, Cars. I don't know. <laughs> oh, tough, tough call here. Um, I mean, historically, they haven't really gone for car films in these categories. Apart from Fury Road, I think one. Fury Road, I think one both, yes. Yep. I think it, like if, if it's going to be the sweep for 1917, I think this is where they take them both out. And I like your yes. thinking with the war films as well. They always take these ones. Yep. And also, I mean, Ford v Ferrari did make it into the best picture lineup, but I don't think majority of the Academy voters have seen it. No. Apart from the tech side. Like, I don't think a lot of actors have seen it. So, I'll yeah. say I'll say Ford v Ferrari should win for both of them, but I'll say 1917. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Okay. Yeah, but Joker being there is really strange, though. Joker, oh, Joker being, being a le- in, the in nomination most leader. of these categories, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's offensive. But anyway, so the best original song for these ones. Um, so, I'm Gonna Love Me Again, which is from Rocket Man, Stand Up from Harriet, Into the Unknown from Frozen 2, I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away from Toy Story 4, and I'm standing with you from Breakthrough. Elton John's going to be winning an Oscar, surely. So. Yeah. Yeah. He gave a great Golden Globe speech as well. Or would this be a thing of like people not seeing Rocket Man and just be like, oh, Frozen won last time. Let's give it to that. I don't Could think so. I, don't I think know. it's Elton John's name that's going to help the it. And maybe him. if people feel sorry for Taron missing out in Best Actor. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, technically, it doesn't go to him. No, it will go to. The, he, he doesn't perform it, does he? Mm. Oh, I think is he it, does. Because I think it goes to the song. Oh, so it goes to know. the song right, I'm pretty sure. So yeah. it goes to Elton, but he'll perform it. And it is like a represent, representation of the film. So. Yeah. I actually... Because I mean, it is, missed out, I think, in in costume and also hairstyling yeah, I think and this makeup. Yeah, it's only nomination, yeah, I think. Which is... Yeah, it didn't do as well as people were expecting. And um, in terms of like... This is probably the easiest one that everybody could have like looked up and seen but i've realized mm-hmm. that i if you were to ask me to which like to hum the tune to any of these songs i'd be like only into the unknown that's like the only it's one pretty weak especially <laughs> considering last year was very competitive very yeah i mean you could have had a whole category just from a star is born <laughs> for sure well didn't two, two songs from la la land got nominated in that year i think yeah. i think audition and city of city stars, of stars yes but to yeah, to move on from this, I think it's definitely going to be Elton Elton John should 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 win should win, will should, win. Should win will win. I'm gonna yes. love me again. And also, I think the Frozen Two song is just not like in the league of 
Right. You know, let well, it go. The, 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 it's not. It's not even the best song from that. It movie. isn't. Sa- yes. Same with. Same with. Let, let it go from the first one. It's not even the best one from that movie. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. That's the. That's the one in the end credits of Rocket Man. Yes. Yeah. So just after I'm stand. I'm still right. standing. Yeah. Yeah. Thought so. So then, best score. Uh, so we've got Joker, nineteen seventeen, Little Women, Marriage Story, and The Rise of Skywalker. I think this is like John Williams' fifty-eighth nomination <laughs> for an Oscar or something. At least it's he's got a few insane. wins, though. Yeah. Um, poor Thomas Newman has got fifteen nominations and probably won't win. No wins. Even though nineteen seventeen is like a Best Picture frontrunner. Yeah, and he has to go up against his cousin too, Randy. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I think Hilda is winning this. I'm not going to attempt to say her last name. Mm, she's Icelandic, right? <laughs> yes. But here's the thing. I'm just tr- I'm just looking at all these scores. The only one, obviously, Star Wars is there, but yeah, everyone yeah, knows it's Star token. Wars. But it, it's a t- it, it's always it's always going to get nominated because it's John Williams because it's Star Wars. But it's also just like a slight variation on the the old sev- the one from 1977. Anyway, yep. just thinking of the ones that I can actually remember. I can't remember the ones from either 1917 or Joker, Little Women and Marriage Story stick out more for me. Yeah, they're my so personal favourites. But I think uh, whether you like Joker or not, I think most people praised Hilda's score yeah. in Joker. I mean, it's been months since I've seen Joker and because it's a Joker, like I'm not looking to watch it again. Yeah. But like if it's just – if I'll, I might go back and listen to the score on Spotify if I may. But uh, I will say that Randy Newman should win for Marriage Story, but it will go to Hilda for um, <laughs> Joker. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to agree. I think should win probably a tie between Little Women and Marriage Story, uh, but will win probably Joker. I mean, if there's um, going to be a spoiler – Maybe Thomas Newman just an upset. Maybe, but I'm not predicting it. I think Joker will yeah, win that might score. Happen. So what was it? Fifteenth. This is his fifteenth nomination, nomination for zero wins. Wow. Yeah. Um, and it's also persistent. Hilda has been sweeping everything like BAFTA, Golden Globes, everything. Okay. So next category we've got best production design. This one I think is a three horse race. Yeah. So it's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 1917, uh, Parasite, The Irishman, and Jojo Rabbit. In terms of production design, like I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the front runner there. But you, you disagree? I'm getting. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm torn between yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 1917, and Parasite. It is in a beautifully designed house that they've got that that, that is the and setting for that entire that, film. That entire point that they've created, yeah, the entire house from scratch. And a lot of people know about it as well. Mm. And um, but will they? Will the Academy look at like just the that singular house? I mean, there's obviously more to production mm-hmm. design than just that, obviously. But will they just see that, or will they see like the sprawling recreation of like 1969 Los Angeles that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that they created with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah. Like with this sort of thing, is it usually scale or is it just attention to detail? It's just I think it's, that's what it's going to come down to with the votes. Uh, well, it did win the Art Direction uh, Directors Guild Award in period film. So Once Upon a Time in Hollywood won that. And then for, I think, contemporary film, Parasite won. Okay, so they had different categories for that one. Yes. So this is why all so, these, these, these uh, smaller award shows, like these Guild ones, I need to start paying yeah, attention to so them. Yeah, so if we have a look here in the period film category, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood did beat 1917. Mm. And the only one... I was going to say, out of all of these, I think that the only one that's not nominated here, it's the only contemporary one that's not nominated. Yeah, in contemporary, you've got Parasite winning. Parasite winning. And Parasite is the only contemporary nominee in this year's Mm -hmm. one. Yeah. It's (sighs) tough to choose. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood really hasn't been doing that well recently. It hasn't? No, not really. Since the Golden Globes and like it looked like it was 
going really well. I know a lot of people put stock into the Golden Globes, but you have to remember you that it, they are journalists, they're critics. Yeah. So, I mean, even though it, they uh, it did win Critics' Choice, I think, from memory, it is critics trying to predict the Oscars. It's not really a guild or an industry award. So, I don't really put that much weight into it. So, I'm, f- I'm looking at the guilds. I'm probably going to say that it's between Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and 1917. But if Parasite if Parasite wins this, I think Parasite is going to do pretty well on yeah. Oscar night and maybe might win Best Picture. That would be amazing if it does. I hope Parasite wins. That's my should. But I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood will. Yep. I'm like, I think agree. that's probably the most... I, I found that the most like enrapturing part about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was the recreation of Set 19. Design yeah. all that, yeah. Mm. Because I didn't really like the film that much itself. I think it's Me too, fine. It's definitely not his best, not the best film of the year either. No, it definitely shouldn't be nominated for screenplay because it doesn't feel like it has one. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so cinematography next or is that going to um, be... Best makeup, makeup and, hair and hair styling. I think Bombshell has got this in the bag. Yeah, so Bombshell's there. Um, they love prosthetic work in they this category. They do. And then there's also Joker, Judy, 1917 and Maleficent, Mistress one. of Evil. Yeah. yeah. But will, will, will Angelina Jolie's cheekbones prevail <laughs> in this category though? Don't her, think her implanted so. cheekbones? Don't think so. I don't think it will rival... Um, yeah, Charlize's prosthetics and Nicole Kidman's prosthetics. I was going to say, that, that's, that's been the last three years. They've had an obsession with prosthetics. Yep. I don't get it because it was, it was Gary Oldman's fat suit and last year it was fat Christian Bale <laughs> and now yep. this year it's it's fat, um, what's his face, John Lithgow and really creepily recreate making Charlize Theron to look like Megyn yes. Kelly. Yeah. I mean, she even altered her voice as well a little bit. Yeah. To sound more like her. Overall, did you enjoy Bombshell? No. No, I didn't. <laughs> no. Yeah, I didn't enjoy I, I, it either. I think, I think Kidman, Theron and Robbie are good. I yeah. think everything else surrounding them is pretty terrible. Um, I think they just bened- benefited from like name recognition. Mm. And it came out so late in mm. the year. But if it was early in the year, I don't think it would really. No, definitely not. That well. It's just like, just with that film, it's like, who is it for? I feel like it's made for nobody except Academy voters because yeah. as a piece like right. on this on this scandal that got Roger Ailes fired from Fox News, it doesn't add anything more. And in terms of the it's style, it's it's incredibly superficial, but like shot like an episode of in the, of like <laughs> the, the thick of it. <laughs> it was uh, the, random it, close-ups. Yeah, just like this this handheld ca- camera with all these close-ups. Yeah, it's shot like an episode of like The Office or V yeah. or something like that. And it also the just, tone was all over it, the place. The tone is all over the place, but also just the prosthetics as well. Like with that style, like it's not a thing on the prosthetics. I think almost an SNL skit in a way. Yeah, it's impersonation. Yeah, it's an SN. It looks like an SNL skit skit, but it's carrying itself with like this level of a prestige <laughs> film. It's <laughs> weird. Yeah. But anyway, if this is the only category that Bombshell wins for, I mean, it's I mean, going to be Academy Award winning film Bombshell, which whatever. <laughs> I've but, heard worse. <laughs> but, uh, um, but I can't really I don't see. think Joker deserves to win either. Where is Dolomite is my name here? Like, where I is feel like they just didn't um, see it. It should have been in costume design also. I think just out of, just let's just say should will Bombshell because yeah. it's definitely going to win. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Okay, so we've got best film editing. This is another interesting one. So we've got Ford v... Oh, I wish we actually had the names of all the people so we could actually give them recognition here. But the film editing... Yeah. Uh, the edit nominations are Ford v Ferrari, Parasite, The Irishman, The Joker and Jojo Rabbit. It should be the, it should be the Irishman, but oh, I think... Oh, uh, Yeah. 
Like yeah. she's won. I was gonna say it was a trivia question I had the other night, but I think she's won three. She's won three Academy Awards with Scorsese. This yeah, should be the fourth. Ship. Yeah. Ford v Ferrari, a bit of a dark horse here, I think. Um, I actually think maybe Parasite could win. Just because I think the whole conversation around the length of uh, The Irishman could hurt the editing. It could, definitely. I know a lot of people well, are thinking, like, how can you win an editing award for a three-hour film? Well, those people haven't seen The Irishman, exactly. clearly. Exactly. And I don't think a lot of Academy voters have seen all of it. Just trying to think, like, historically, like, the long, I mean, like, these epic films that they've been... Like if they've won, because look, Return of the King definitely won for best best mm-hmm. editing. But then that yeah. that was a case of it swept though, and it looks like The Irishman certainly is not going to do that. But yeah, I don't know. Like I think, I think there's potential for either like Parasite or The Irishman to win. But is is this could this be the I don't the know, one like that the, Irishman the, the wins? One that, uh, the one that I, this it should be if The Irishman is to win one, this could be where it where it wins. Mm-hmm. But then is this going to be a thing where, like, this is where, like, they give a few to Joker or maybe this is oh, where they're like, hey, not. Jojo Rabbit? Oh. Yeah. I don't know. I hope not. I, I'll I say... I mean, what to say... I mean, we can say it's actually kind of interesting that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and the Irish... Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and 1917 aren't in this category. Uh, well, with 1917, it's just... Like, it won one of the... It won the critics' choice, I think, for editing, which was strange. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, yes, it's it's well edited, but it's not on the level of so usually at least three of the films here. Yeah, usually there's a stat of like you have to get an editing nomination if you want to be like a serious best picture right. contender. But you know, Birdman didn't didn't get an editing nomination because that was, was like say, a one yeah. take thing. Maybe that's why. Even Once, though it yeah. had this, it had the same editor as Dunkirk, Australia's Australian Lee, Lee Smith. Yes. Yeah. Again, I don't know who. Uh, as I said, Irishman definitely should win. But as for who will. Yeah, maybe this is Parasite. And Parasite it, getting in over Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was surprising. So, mm. yeah. Um, yeah, I'm still stuck. I'm going to go with Parasite for now, but I think The Irishman could win. And now, is this costume design or will this be cinematography that's next? It'll be well, costume, costume design. design, finally. Yes. Okay, so this, here we've got Little Women, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Jojo Rabbit, The Irishman, and The Joker, all period pieces to no surprise. <laughs> and what's the oldest period piece here? That would be Little Women. That should win. Well, I'm hoping Little Women wins because I'm actually not predicting it to win adapted screenplay. Really? So I'm hoping it wins something. We don't want another Ladybird situation. So. Mm. But as, as you were saying earlier, where the hell is Dolomite is my name for best yes. costume design? Yeah. That is outrageous. It is. And it's on Netflix, so everyone yeah. ha- has, is um, it's able a, to see it's it. It's a better yeah. 70s period piece than fucking Joker is. It is. That's uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Maybe Once Upon a Time in Hollywood here might take it. But then it's, again, like, again, because they Hollywood loves movies about the movies and especially about Hollywood in particular. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, 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 hope, I hope that it's Little Women. But, again, It wouldn't surprise me if yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I, yeah. I'll say should and will Little Women. But yep. I've Agreed. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood could take this. Yep. Okay. Next, we've got Best Cinematography. Or we should call it the Deacons Award. The Ro- the, it probably will be <laughs> renamed the, Ro- the Roger Deacons Award yeah. at some point. Or the Emmanuel Lebetsky Award. Agreed. I think Lebetsky's still won more than him at the moment. So we've got, yeah, 1917 from the man, the myth, the legend, Roger Deakins. And we've also got Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Irishman, Joker and The, the Lighthouse. Lighthouse. Yeah, I love that nomination. That is very good. And it's probably the only, I was just going to say, apart from uh, Willem Dafoe's performance, it's probably the only other thing from The Lighthouse that should be nominated. Yeah, I, I I really enjoyed the lighthouse, but like I'm really not as hot on uh, hot on it as some other people. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, I think quite obviously Deacons will win. It should one. be. Do you think that? I mean, it is very impressive work from Deacons, mm. but do you think the reason why people will just blindly vote for it because one, it's Roger one Deacons, take. and two, because it's made to look like it's one take? Yeah. I really think those are the two things going for it. Yeah, and they've been pushing that hard too, haven't they? They have. Have you seen like all the featurettes and everything on YouTube? That's what they're. Yeah, like because they've released on. they've released like a one minute trailer, which is the scene where George McKay's character is running like just outside of the trenches while bombs are going off, and they yes. have the split. They have a split screen where it was how they mm-hmm. filmed it, and then the final Passing shot in the off actual the film. cameras between like yes. handheld to back of the truck. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'll say I'll say. Sh- yeah, should, I'll say should the lighthouse because I really love the cinematography in that, but will 1917. Okay, I'm going to go should and will win 1917. So we're getting into <laughs> <laughs> almost above the line categories. Yeah, okay. These are the big These are the big ones here. Yeah. Uh, so we've got for best original screenplay, we've got Parasite, we've got Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, we've got Marriage Story, we've got Knives Out, and we've got 1917. Knives Out is a big surprise here. And I think to everyone who hated on The Last Jedi, the fact that there's Academy Award nominee, Ryan big Johnson. Middle finger. <laughs> yeah, the biggest <laughs> middle then. finger to those to those dickheads. Uh, 1917 and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood being here is a that that's big that's a bit of a laugh. I think like, everyone would agree that Lulu Wong should have been here for the farewell. Lulu that's Wong what I predicted. But I just don't think they actually saw it. Mm. If I'm going to be honest. One that I'm surprised didn't make it here, and like I didn't really like this film, but just because I thought like they wanted to give it some sort of rec- token recognition here was Booksmart. I yes. thought Booksmart might have mm-hmm. got a nomination here. I, I think it just came out way too early in the yeah. year. Yeah, it did have staying power though, like not at the box office clearly because I don't <laughs> think it did very well. But in terms of like it it's gained gained a huge cult following since then. Yeah, and I mean it turned up in a few places like Golden Globes. Yeah, so I'm think we're going to go with well, I'm going to go with Parasite. Yeah, I'm going to go with Parasite, but I think... Is this where Marriage Story Don't wins? give me false hope. Is this, is this, I was going to say, because you, you are the internet's number one biggest Marriage Story fan. Yeah, no shame so. in that. <laughs> and is this, like, they... Noah Bombach has been nominated once before for Squid, Squid and the Whale, Whale yeah. and he missed out on director. Is this maybe where... Do, do they want to give Boyfriend and Girlfriend Best Original and Best Adapted Screenplay here and give Greta Girl... I mean, I love the romanticism of that, but, like, I, I can dream. I hope yeah, that happens, but I don't that's think That's my hope, happen. but um, yeah. I just feel like Marriage Story's buzz and momentum has really faltered. And do they think it's... Mo- I think maybe do they think it's all performance-driven or they, do they think that it's the act, it, like it's mainly the Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson and Laura Dern show to some extent and they're just like... They they don't really think that much of the screenplay. But I don't I, think so. I think it's like yeah. 50-50. It's acting and screenplay. That we're going to nominate like... Uh, like Todd Phillips, like mm-hmm. Noah Bombach is much better. Far I mean, superior, yeah. Far superior in that way, but also like it's all of these like small sort of dramas. They always get overlooked for director because yeah. they all think it's script and performance exactly. driven. They don't realize no, you actually need someone to you know instigate that. Yeah, and also I think it's important to note there's usually a pretty big correlation between the screenplay categories and the best picture categories. And if we have a look here, I think Parasite is the strongest. Best Parasite best is picture. the strongest. I hope that wins best original screenplay, but if um, Barry Story can't win, then I'm rooting Bar- for Barry Story. Yeah, but yeah. I think it's going to be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I hate that. I hope not. He's already have. He's, he's, he's already he's, got two. Yeah, he's already got two. He, he doesn't have a director one though, does he? That's what he's gunning for. Oh. I don't think he's going to get it. <laughs> yeah, I think he'll have to wait on his last one. Yeah, so I'll say I'll say should. Parasite, but I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is going to win Best Original. Very begrudgingly say that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood will win. Oh, okay. I'm going to go with will win Parasite, but should win Marriage Story. 
Okay, so it's adapted next. Oh, yes. Okay, uh, one that definitely shouldn't be here that's at the top of this list is Jojo Rabbit. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Um, Little Women, uh, The Irishman, another film that shouldn't be in here, Joker, Piss Off, and The Two Popes. Two Popes, yeah. So what do you think is going to win here? If you don't think Little Women, what's going to win then? Okay, well, throughout the season, I was going for Little Women winning it. And then I feel like we underestimated Jojo Rabbit and it started to sweep a lot of the category. It It won BAFTA. It won WGA. So Um, the Writers Guild. Yes. And he gave great speeches. (laughs) And I just feel like Jojo is, um, I think, number three on Best Picture. Is it really? I think so. I think it's overtaken Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's insane. So... It's yeah. not well written though. It's I, all over the fucking I'm place. I'm actually total I'm mess. sort of lukewarm over it. All the all the humor like it's I find it a much better drama than it is a, than it is a comedy. I think if he straight but up adapted it, yeah. Yeah, like that would have been so much better. Like the thing that's the selling point of the film is, is the th- yeah, is Tyker as the imaginary Hitler. Yeah. But it's the thing that is you could take it out of the movie completely and it would change nothing. I mean, it would change something because it would make the movie so much better because all the comedy in this film, I find, completely undercuts all of the really good dramatic stuff that's yeah. happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, not I, all, I was going to say good dramatic stuff. There's very not little of it. There's two really good... Mo- I think Thomas and... And when we get to the acting categories, I think Thomas and Mackenzie should have got in over Scarlett Johansson. I would like to say Little Women would win, but if you think... Jo- I jo- just think on a technical... Uh, from a technical perspective... Greta had to do much more work mm. with like interweaving the flashbacks, the timelines, yeah. all the characters, modernizing it as well. Mm, but yeah. again, with these lazy Academy voters, specifically the male Academy voters that just dismiss this as, you know, like, oh, it's that's lady stuff. We don't watch that. That's, yeah. And they just don't watch it and they just like, oh, it's another adaptation of Little Women. How good could it be? And just not even pay any attention to it and wouldn't even know of like how this film kind of restructures or adapts the novel. But I mean, also, I mean, the point going for Greta is she was snubbed in Best Director and a lot of people think, okay, she was snubbed, let's give her something. She didn't win anything for Lady Bird as well. And with six um, Oscar nominations for Little Women, it would be great if she actually won something. So, I mean, she did win the Scriptors Award and a lot of people thought that that was a good indicator, but she didn't win BAFTA and she didn't win... Do you think maybe any love for the Irishman here or not? I don't think so. His alien? I don't think so. Um, 1917 here was interesting as well. I didn't expect it to... In original, right? Oh, yeah, sorry. In original, yeah. I was going to say, but that's interesting though because it is... I mean, it is an original story, but it is adapted from... From his grandfather, From grandfather's story. So I guess that is original. And if The Farewell was to get nominated... Would that have been... Because it got in, like, different... Ca- it was in different categories at different awards shows because it is an original... Like, it got nominated for original in some, but because it's very loosely based off that episode of This American Life... Yeah. It got nominated for adapted in some it of got them. mixed up. I think The Two Popes as well got mixed around in, yeah. like, adapted. And historically, that's always happened too. Like, Borat, when it, when it got nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay because Borat was a character on the Ali G show... Before Sunset and Before Midnight both got nominated and adapted just because they were sequels. And then I believe uh, Whiplash got nominated Mm -hmm. for adapted because it was adapted from the short film that Damien Chazelle made to get the feature film funded. So Mm -hmm. they're really, really picky with those sorts of things. Yeah, I mean, and if we have a look at the Academy membership, I think it's around about 32% are female. So I think just naturally people are going to go for... Jojo. I'll, I'll hold out hope and I'll say should and will Little Women. 
Okay. All right, so we're getting into the big four acting categories. We've got Best Supporting Actor. Okay. Are there any... Do you know if there's any films, just off the top of your head, if there are any films that cover across the big five? Best Actor... Won everything? Yeah. Uh, got nominated for everything? Yeah, so Best no. Director, Best Actor, Best Actress, um, Screenplay, Adapted or Original, and Director? Probably, like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has no. almost all of it, almost. apart from, They're like, The Actress. Yeah, and Irishman's got two supporting actor, director. Yep. That's pretty much uh, it. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, but not with all su- four. With I support. Mean, yeah. Marriage Story, but apart from director. With the supporting actor yeah. or the Let's Throw Bad Brad Pitt a Bone Award, we've got <laughs> Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We've got yep. Joe Pesci and Al Pacino both in The Irishman. We've got Tom Hanks in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. And we've got Anthony Hopkins in The Two Popes. I think it's Brad Pitt. It's going to be Brad Pitt, but I I mean, this is going to be a boring answer and I guess a lot of people haven't seen this because I've just dismissed it as a biopic, but Tom Hanks is fucking incredible in A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood. Like, the Tom Hanks persona is so hard for him to shake. Like, you can't see him on screen and not see Tom Hanks. When I watched A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood, I did not see him. He disappeared into Fred Rogers. He just brings this, this... great warmth and humanity that mm-hmm. obviously Tom Hanks's persona has, but also like takes it up to another level with Steve, like not Steve Rogers, that's buddy Captain America with Fred <laughs> Rogers. And yeah. just, oh, he's so incredible in that film in yeah. what is probably the most, I think one of the most underrated of any film in any nominated yeah. in any category. This I year. actually, I don't think Brad Pitt is my favorite supporting actor this year. I actually would probably go to Song Kang-ho for Parasite. Yeah, he should be here. He should definitely be here. Like, Anthony Hopkins is good in The Two Popes, but Oscar-worthy, no. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Brad Pitt has never won an acting Oscar. He has won a producing Oscar. Producing Oscar, which was for 12, 12 Years, Years a Slave. Slave yeah, yeah because, oh, yeah, that's right. That, that movie is incredible. I, I think 12 Years a Slave is an incredible movie, but that always bugs me because Brad Pitt is the producer. He has to be the saviour of that film. Uh, yeah, I mean, and also, I would argue that Cliff Booth is almost a lead in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Got a lot of screen time. Mm-hmm. So uh, that does help his case. It's just he's just likable. He's there's no performance I feel like to it. It's I know this sounds bad, but I feel like he's just playing himself. <laughs> a ver- like a very mm. close version of himself in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. His I just find Brad Pitt like mostly kind of a boring actor. Like you need to give him a strong character. And I outside think, his comfort zone. Yeah. Like, that's why, like, before, like, what's his only... I think he was much better in Ad Astra, actually. I think so, too. But even though he was, he was much more... He was actually performing in that. Like, he's yeah. much more, like, relaxed and, like, mm-hmm. he's, he's a lot more... He's, I, I find he's a bit stiff in Ad Astra, but, like, I, I find it a much more emotionally powerful performance. I mean, I mean, completely different movies, mm-hmm. but that's a bit unfair to compare them. I mean, and also, like, Cliff Booth is technically... He's a stunt actor or stunt guy, and um, mm-hmm. actors do like to vote for acting. Yeah. Uh, roles, so. Well, if you have a look at the best, like, if you want to see, like, I remember seeing this tweet. It was like, you want to see how insular the the Academy is, have a look at, like, the jobs of the people who are nominated in both Best Actor and Best Actress. Yeah. We'll get to that mm-hmm. when we get there. Okay. But, yeah, but, but with Brad Pitt, like, what, his only other nomination was 12 Monkeys, right? Uh, or has he got more since so. then? Because, yeah, in 12 Monkeys, he's doing, like, this really over-the-top, like, crazy character crazy guy, yeah. and I, I find that brad pitt is way more engaging when he's doing that like when he's doing like his just brad pitt like Safe. movie star mode like um like what was it a world war z it's just boring uh money ball, oh, money as, ball well. as well and curious case yeah Benjamin. right i mean brad pitt's pretty much got it on lock but yeah. I'd, I'd love to see tom hanks win it for a beautiful yeah. day in the neighborhood and uh joe pesci and al pacino probably cancel each other out as well yeah. coming from the same film yep so i'm gonna go with will win should win brad pitt 
then supporting actress, otherwise known as the finally Laura Dern <laughs> Award, is Laura Dern, Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit, um, Margot Robbie for Bombshell, Florence Pugh for Little Women, and was that Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell? Because again, they got to throw Clint Eastwood a bone to, <laughs> to get at least something from his film nominated. Yeah. Even though, even though they didn't do it for The Mule last year. Um. Yeah, I think. Probably out of the four acting categories, this is the one that most people are a bit uncertain about. Just because usually it's around the supporting categories mm. where we sort of see surprises. Yeah. I was going to say, and there's a couple of like interesting narratives here too. Like Laura Dern, who's been around a while. I think she's, she's got four, four nomi- two, two or three nominations at this point. Yeah. Uh, this is her fourth, I think. And like, will they give it to her? Like, I don't this think her parents have won either, right? So it's almost... Bruce Dern, I think, only got nominated for Nebraska. Yeah, I so I it. feel like it's a win for the legacy of the A win family. for the legacy or do they come up and give it to the newcomer in Florence Pugh who's just... Has she been gaining steam and picking up steam in any of these ceremonies or is she Not just really. kind of like, I'm just glad to be here? She did miss out in a few of the precursors. I think she missed out in SAG. Little Women was shut out of SAG. Um, I think Laura's challenge is actually Scarlett Johansson for Jojo, just because I think Jojo is such a strong support from voters, actually, more than I think we were expecting. But Laura Dern has never won. She's had a great sort of like few years with Big Little Lies. She's she's loved. She's also in another Best Picture nominee, Little, Little Women. She should win. And also this was probably Marriage Story's only win of the night. Yeah, I, I'm probably with you there. I'll say Laura Dern should win, but I think Florence, Florence Pugh in Little Women is just outstanding. She's great, yes. Like, and there's been a lot of talk about her playing a 12-year-old. Some people have found it off-putting and a bit strange. <laughs> there's the She has a fringe and really bad bangs. Yeah. And, the, I mean, there's that scene that everybody just keeps talking about where she goes to Timothy Chalamet's window. and The hand? The hand, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But then there's also, like, I mean, it, maybe it was just the scene where she's in the classroom with... With these actual twelve-year-old actresses, and like she's meant to be also twelve, but the way she comes across, with just I guess her mannerisms and like the way she, she speaks, like she, I believed it. I completely bought exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah, I thought she did great. Um, my little qualm is probably the casting of Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> probably gonna get a lot of hate, but I don't think. Yeah, I thought it was kind of miscast, and I didn't really see any character progression between the time jumps. What do you think? Uh, I haven't seen Little Women in. Like almost two months now, oh, so okay. I, I've been meaning to rewatch it. But I thought he okay. was quite good in it. I thought, yeah, Florence for me, along with Sasha, was probably the standout of Little Women. Um, so should Will Laura Dern should for that Will, one? Yeah, and hoping, fingers crossed, because I want Mary Street to win at least something. <laughs> yeah. So now we're into Best Actor. So this is the third, third last of the of the yeah. night. Yes. So we've got Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. We have the love of your life, Adam Driver <laughs> for Marriage Story. We have Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory. We have Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and we have Jonathan Price in The Two Popes. Great for Jonathan Price. This is his first Oscar nomination. Yeah, he's journeyman. Yep. Um, and same with Antonio Banderas mm. as well. Um, I'm going to say that it's Joaquin. Yeah, I just wish he was winning something for he something won so much better. Um, for The Master. Yeah. He's so good in that film. Even her or um, You'll Never Really oh, Hear was, was so great much, He in that was as well. the best actor of that year. Like I did an awards show last year on my podcast okay. and he took out best actor. For yeah, that really would be hear. my pick as well. For me, it's kind of a bit demoralizing that he's winning for Joker, but... Because mm, he's, he's been nominated yeah. a bunch of times before. Like he got nominated for, what was it, Gladiator? Yeah. Um, and I think The Master... Is that his only two nominations other than this? 
Walk the line? Walk the wall. Yeah, okay, we've walked the line. So I think this yeah. is his fourth. I haven't seen Walk the Line, but he's one. so much better in both of those other films. And he should have been nominated for her. I think that's his yes. best. Like, uh, next to you would ever Loved really hear it. the best performance of his, his best performance of the last yeah. decade, as long with The Master as well, mm-hmm. which I think he's. He should have won in 2012 for, but then I didn't see Lincoln and you can't go past Daniel Day Lewis. So, yeah. Oh, well. Um, I just think there's a lot of goodwill for him at the moment. Um, yeah, he hasn't won. He's been in the industry for a long time. He's giving out great performances almost every time. And also, I think his closest competitor is Adam Driver. And he's only been in the industry for about nine years. So, he's got plenty of time to mm. get one down the track. Yeah, and this is already, he's got two nominations back in the last back. two years. Yeah, back yeah. to back. I mean, different categories, but still back-to-back nominations. I mean, I, as much as I love Adam Driver and Marriage Story, like uh, Antonio Banderas is easily the best actor on this list, and the best performance on this list. But it's not going to win because it's actually subtle. Our language, it's yeah, subtle. And subtle. It's not. It's not this big, loud, give me an Oscar. They love performance. showy performances. They absolutely do. Joker's the loudest. So that's why he's going to win. It should be Antonio Banderas, but it will be Joaquin Phoenix. Yep, and he's swept everything. Mm. So yeah, I don't really see. In any of um, Joaquin Phoenix's speeches, um, has he been? Did he dedicate any of them to River? He hasn't. No. Um, do you think Sag, maybe he dedicated lady- it to Heath? Um, yeah, he might do it at the Oscars. That'd be very nice. It would be. Is, fuck, is, I think it's almost been 30 years since that happened. Yeah. Fucking hell. All right, so then we've got Best Actress. So we've got Renee Zellweger for Judy. We've got Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. We have Charlize Theron for Bombshell. We have Saoirse Ronan for Little Women. And we have... Has anyone even seen Harriet? I mean, I'm sure Cynthia Erivo is good. It did pretty well in the box office, actually. Did it really? Yeah, in maybe, the US box office. Maybe it's just because Australia... Doesn't we just don't dis- know who just don't is. distribute films with African yeah. Americans in them. Well, I mean, Cynthia Erivo is English, but I know, but just yeah. about African Americans. Like that's why Get Out took like three months to get here. Yeah. That's why Blind Spotting never got a release here. That's why Sorry to Bother You took forever. Yeah, and usually I think they wait for award season to finish in America, and they can sort of yeah, ascertain like dump it what's in March the or April. Yeah, because yeah. who has? Do you know who's the distributor of Harriet, or like who's the production? Is it Sony? I don't know. It's not Universal, is it? Might be Universal, but in terms of those like nominees, like I actually do really want to see Harriet because it looks fascinating. I actually don't know really much about Harriet Tubman. Yeah, it is Universal. Okay, Universal. It might it probably should still be Universal here then too. It's going to be Brené Zellweger because yeah. again, they love films about actors. And getting back to what I was saying about the things that are in- about ac- the Academy being insular. If you have a look at the jobs of the characters of these a- yes. of these, it's actor, it, it's actor, actor, news presenter, writer. And slave, mm. the one the one person of color in this category is a slave, and if you look at the other, if you look at the male category, it's a uh, director, it's director, actor, uh, psychopath, actor, and priest. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yep, they love films about they love, the love industry. Films about films. That's yeah. why the artist won the best picture. Yep, in La La Land. La La Land. Well, yeah. not winning well, best picture. Winning almost winning best picture. One for a best few picture seconds. for two minutes. <laughs> yeah. I think Renee's winning, even though she's already won an Oscar before yeah, for, for Chicago. Oh, it was Cold Mountain, I think. Oh, Cold Mountain, yeah. Yes. Yeah, she was nominated for Chicago. Nominated for Chicago. I would love to see an upset of either Scarlett Johansson or Saoirse Ronan here. Yeah, so she's got so many nominations. Mm. Uh, to fourth. She's only, what, 25? Yeah, and she's already got four nominations. Really? Um, but I just don't think Little Women is a strong enough contender. Just doesn't have the legs, I mean, no. Judy is not a Best Picture contender, but... No, it's... Well, it got it's nominated for Makeup, beloved. and that's it. 
Yeah. That, that's all. I mean, and Renee's for. been giving like pretty okay speeches. Yeah. Well, people love her adorable southern accent. Yeah. Like, you know, and they love speeches. Judy Garland as well. And I know some people have been comparing Renee Zellweger to um, Glenn Close of last year and how she was oh, almost the okay. sole nominee for her film. But I think it's a little bit different because I don't think a lot of people saw The and Wife, actually. And you don't think there'll be an Olivia Colman-esque upset? Olivia Colman technically didn't come out of, like, the bloom. She did win a few. Like, she won BAFTA. She did won, uh, She did win the Golden Globe okay, in comedy. But, but Zellweger has won everything. Everything, yeah. Okay. So there's really no surprise here. Yeah. I'll, I'll say should should be... Um, I'll say it should be Sia Sharonin, but I think Renee Zellweger yeah, has agreed. definitely got this. Agreed. Um, do you think there'll be a spoiler? If there is a spoiler, do you know who it'll be? What do you mean? If it's not Renee, if something surprises, who do you think it would be? Oh, uh, maybe Johansson. Just because she's a double nominee. Because she's a double nominee, and I'm just trying to think the last time that happened. Was it Jamie Foxx in 2004? Because he got he won for well he won yeah, for well, Ray, and uh, he Kate, got nominated. Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. Oh, and she nominated for the reader and li- little children or something, something like that. Something else, yeah. I, I think it might have been won. little children and the reader or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she's gonna win. I think it will be yeah. Renee, but yeah. maybe Scarlett. Yeah. But I thought Jamie Fox was the last one that to do that because he was that was two thousand four because he won playing Ray Charles. Yep. And then he got nominated for Collateral. Okay. Yeah, that's probably the most recent. That was 04. and then Julianne Moore also did it a couple of years earlier. Yeah. All right. Best director. Best director. So we've got Sam Mendes for 1917. We've got Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. We've got Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We've got Mac Martin Scorsese for The Irishman. And we have Get the Fuck Out of Here, the the (laughs) Oscar-nominated director of all three Hangover movies, Todd Phillips, who also made this film called Joker. Yep. It's strange having him... I mean, I won't be the first person to say this and I won't be the last, but the irony of both Scorsese and Todd <laughs> Phillips being in this category. It had to be said. I mean, if it was up to me, I would much have preferred to see either, either Greta, Noah, or even like Pedro mm. in that fifth slot. But I would... I would. Well, getting, getting back to A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood, I would put Mariel, Mariel Heller, Heller in this, definitely. Yeah, I think right now it's probably going to be Sam Mendes. Mendes winning. But again, it's like in the terms of like this legacy thing, do they want to give it, who do they want to give it to? Do they want to give it to someone that's already won it before? Like, who, He who has won for American Beauty. He, ha- he won for his first film, American Beauty. Yep. So you've got three, well, two winners of there before. But Scorsese, this is his ninth nomination. He's only won once. Tarantino's been nominated a lot. One and he, zero. he hasn't won Best Director though. And then you've got newcomers, Bong Joon-ho and then Todd Phillips, as we said, who shouldn't be there. But Bong Joon-ho would be my pick for this. Yeah. I mean, they do love like international directors. But yeah, I think Sam Mendes is winning. I think the question is, um, is there going to be a Best Director split with Best Picture? Or is it going to align? Or are we going to get a screenplay uh, link? W- when was the last picture? time it aligned, though? Because I think they're like, we'll give it Best Director yeah. and then... Best Picture something Like, else. I think it was in it was in 2017 when La La Land won for two minutes because Damien Chazelle, Damien Chazelle won Chazelle. Best Director, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so are you going with Sam Mendes? I'll say, well, I'll say Sam Mendes because I think, yeah. He did win DGA. He's won most of the other... Awards he won the Golden Globe too, and that's yep. where that's when people started that's to like steamroll. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 1917. I think what's great about 1917 as well is that it came out so late in the year. Yeah, because it was one of those things where it came out like Christmas Day in like ten cities in the US, and then and had like a wider release through January. Mind. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna say we'll win Sam Mendes, but should win Bong Joon Ho. 
Okay, I will say the same. Okay. And now that leads us to the last category, best picture. Do you want to run down the nominees? Okay, I will put them in the rank of, of which one I preferred. Okay. So in, in the rankings of this picture, from first all the way to last, it's Paris, for me, it's Parasite, The Irishman, Marriage Story, Little Women, 1917, Ford v. Ferrari, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Then, as Brad Pitt said in uh, Moneyball, then there's 50 Feet of Crap. And then there's Jojo Rabbit and, Mar- and uh, not Marriage Story, but that's amazing. And Joker. Yeah. Um, my order will be would be Marriage Story, Parasite, Little Women, Irishman, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Jojo, Ford v Ferrari and Joker at the very end. Right, so then you've seen all of them? I've seen all of them, yeah. Yep. I mean, it's... It's a pretty good category. Mm. I'm pretty happy with most of them. Yeah, unlike last year, when last year there was only two legitimately great films yeah. nominated for Best Picture. It's at a least great half year. Of, at least half of them are good, great films, and then you've got two absolutely diabolical ones. Yeah. I mean, Ford v. Ferrari is pretty much there just from tech support. <laughs> I don't think, yeah. yeah. Ford v. Ferrari is the perfect Sunday afternoon cable Dad watch film. film. Yeah. S- Sunday afternoon cable watch, like 3 p.m. with Dad, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's I mean, good. if we have a look at all the nominees, most of them are male-led. Apart from Marriage Story's co-lead, Jojo. I mean, there's a few females stuck in, the, stuck in there and Parasite. Are there any ones that you're surprised got there or, like, missed out? Um, I actually predicted all of them, but I thought maybe the two popes would get in just because I thought the screenplay and Jonathan Price and, the, and actors, yeah. the actors. Yeah, what about you? I, 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 was, surpri- I was surprised expected. that Ford v Ferrari got in there. I think a lot of people were about that too, but like as you said, you predicted that. Yeah, I, th- I just thought from the tech support, it would get in. Yeah, um, and I didn't think we we're going to get ten nominees, so I thought nine. Yeah, because like, they only had eight last year. Like, what's up with that? So some some because Fluctuates. it was because they started doing up to ten or nine. Because the last year oh, they so had the eight. Dark Knight. Two thousand and eight yeah. was the last year that they had. Yeah. Oh yeah, because oh that's right, people were upset that Dark Knight missed out yep. on Best Picture, so they. It's still a, a travesty to it's me that the Dark Knight didn't get it, and now Joker's got eleven Oscar nominations. Mm. But well, yeah, well, we didn't. Uh, the first superhero film wasn't nominated until last year Black for Best Panther. Picture. Black Panther. Um, and I think I like hope this doesn't become a yearly thing. Yeah, I don't think. It w- I know a lot of people at the start of the year, uh, start of the year thought that Endgame was going to make Best Picture just no, because of the box it's office. It's not even good. It's, it's not. not a good movie. It's not. Um, but I mean, also I think it's important to like draw the link between Best Picture and Best Director. I know a lot of people were disappointed that um, people like Greta Gerwig didn't make Best Director. And um, people were thinking maybe they should do a Best like Male Director category and a Best Female Director category, no. which I'm not a fan of. No, I'm actually thinking that. they should expand the category. Yeah, have a few more nominees. Yeah, because you're basically saying that like four or five of the films yeah. in Best direct, uh, best yeah. Picture were directed by themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like the, cri- like, like what the Critics' Choice. They have like up to eight, don't they? Right, yeah. And also... Like, Best Director, that was only five, like, you know, five slots because Best Picture used to be only five slots. Only five, yeah. And, like, Best Makeup and Hairstyling was, like, three for the last ten years, but yeah. now that's up to five. Yeah. So they're just making all the... They're just changing things up the way they want and to. And let's not talk Whenever about some weird changes they tried to do. Oh. <laughs> so embarrassing for them, I think. There's always talk about to add more awards, too, but, like, I, I agree some more awards should be added, but it's like, do you really want the Oscars to be longer? 
And there was the, there was the idea to like you know hand out the best cinematography award like in the ba- like oh, in, in the back commercial room commercial breaks in the yeah, back room TV breaks. oh yeah go over to the, the cinematography award yeah it's over it's out in the back where the good coats are <laughs> yeah I mean and best popular film which is a stupid idea very stupid but as for what's going to win best picture what do we think is going to take it out here because 1917 has been gaining traction every minute I'm switching between 1917 and Parasite. I, I feel like 1917 is the head choice and Parasite is the heart I choice. Would, yeah, I think so too. But it, it, along your along your thinking of saying that like they always they almost always split director and picture. Mm. And screenplay uh, usually goes along with screenplay with, with one of them. Yeah. I just don't and I don't think Little Women's going to win Best Picture. Yeah. So I think based on my thinking of what I predicted earlier, I would say I'd have to say Parasite, but. Because of that, I just don't know if people are ready for a, an international film to win Best Picture. Yeah, there's so many pros and cons for both. Mm. The major one for Parasite is the hurdle of it being yeah. the locked winner to win Best International Film. Mm. Which is huge for especially South Korean cinema because it... First nomination has, and first yeah, win. They only got their first shortlisted film last year. Yeah. I mean, The Handmaiden should have won, mm. but... Yeah, that's another conversation. Handmaiden didn't even get shortlisted. No, that's didn't. ridiculous. Old boy didn't even. Which is get ridiculous for South Korea as well because they're making some of the best films. Yeah, like it did. They didn't get a shortlisted. So the the nine films that they were to select the nominees yeah. from Wasn't until even last an year. Yeah, burning. Burning. And it didn't even get nominated, which was some bullshit. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's the major hurdle for Parasite. I thought like if Parasite wasn't in contention for best international film, if it was just best picture. Maybe it would have won. Now, you yeah. were saying that Jojo Rabbit's been gaining steam in a lot of other categories. It's not in Best Picture, do you don't think? Because you said it was third. Yeah. Do you think... I don't, I don't think it will win. I mean, there's a spoiler not. chance, but I think it's really down to 1917 and Parasite. 1917 also won PGA, which is a pretty big deal. I mean, Parasite did win SAG, which was a big deal as well because it was mm. making history. That was it's just voted on, by actors. Yeah, that was ensemble cast, but that wasn't like Best Picture, though. It isn't, but it is a good indicator of actor support. It's like it's like their equivalent of a best yes. picture. Yes, I mean, okay. and I think we can't discount how huge the standing ovation was and yeah. the support for it. I mean, I think they got a huge standing ovation just for presenting the film. Yeah, they didn't even win yet. And Bong was filming it on his phone. Proud dad. <laughs> Proud dad. Yeah, I mean, and Parasite also overperformed with Oscar nominations as well, with like production design and editing. So there is support for it. I mean, if we want to get down to, like, the technical aspect of how Best Picture is made with the preferential ballot, um, usually what happens is they eliminate the, like, few of the bottom nominees, so the ones that have the less, uh, like, the less amount of votes, and they redistribute it um, to all the top nominees. So if we have a look at the list, probably the bottom um, nominees would probably be, like, 4V Ferrari, Little Women, Marriage Story... So this this app that you've got, uh, Gold Derby, yep. or this website that you're mm-hmm. using, this has it's sort of like a pseudo betting site, kind of, yes. or it just has like the favourites or like the odds of things. So winning. there's like I think thousands of users, and they just put in their own preference. They rank it, and then what they do is they use like math maths basically to get the odds. Okay, so it's user based. So okay, yes, yeah, all right. Um, and also it is swayed by they have um what we call experts so people like journalists and stuff like that right okay yeah so their opinions are a bit more weighted than just some randy yeah. that goes on and puts yeah their okay. um but i think like just generally speaking if we're talking about the amount of support and the amount of nominee uh, nominations for 
these films like Marriage Story, Little Women, they got six nominations. Four B Ferrari didn't get that many nominations as well. They're probably the lower tier the films. Lower ones, yeah. So they're most likely to get their vote redistributed to like one of the top ones. So if we have a look, I think people who voted for Four B Ferrari as their number one probably would have films like 1917 as their number two. What do you think? I don't know. It's tough. I, I've said that about 10 times. Hypothetically, though. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Look, I'd like Parasite to win, but I just don't think that they're ready to embrace an international film. Yeah. And also, like, if we go back to the history of the Oscars, it's about, like, aw- you know, awarding themselves, basically, in yeah. the American studio system. And I don't think it's going to look great, like, publicly mm. to have both of their Best Picture film uh, awards going to a South Korean film. And their viewership has been declining pretty much every year. So they probably want to have... And Parasite has been doing... is still selling out. Cinemas. Oh, it is. Like, worldwide. The, yeah. I mean, there's even a black and white like version, version that's, out, like, yeah. going around, yeah. The week that the Blu-ray comes out, they release a black and white version. Yeah. I mean, and also, I think Parasite is probably the only film that I haven't really heard any backlash or, no. like, people who don't like it. No, it's, it's close... To, I think it's pretty much close to perfect. And, and it's got the passion as well behind it. It's, it's, it really is the underdog <laughs> of award season. It is. It's it? almost like a Moonlight La La I mean, Land it, situation. I mean, it is. It is. It's strange to call um, Parasite the underdog when it won arguably the biggest prize on the film festival circuit. So, oh, which one? Sad the, the palm, or can't? No, can, yeah. yeah. And and then poor, again, yeah. Quinton, jo- Joker, just Joker won at Venice. Falling second so. to um, <laughs> falling second to Parasite a lot. Yeah. Did you go, did you see his reaction at? Um, BAFTA? Bong? Tarantino. Oh, Tarantino's when, when... Bong won screenplay? No. Oh. <laughs> it's a sight to behold. Is there video footage of it? I'd imagine yeah. there is. Oh. I mean, there's an audience of everyone clapping and smiling and there's Tarantino. Oh, uh, is it like Spike Lee when Green Book won last year? Yeah. Not except my cup of much, tea. Except much, much, much more <laughs> Didn't petty. Didn't you try and leave the auditorium? Yeah. 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 I mean, he, Spike's presenting as well, so he's probably going to be presenting Taika. Screenplay. Adapted, yeah. right? Well, you think Taika's going to win? Interesting. Yeah, uh, I, I hope not. I mean, I it'll hope be not. Yeah, because it's it's just it's a it's a trend with the Oscars to always award like neglect people for years and then finally award them for something mediocre. Yeah, like we we're probably gonna see always. it. This, we're gonna see it this year with Joaquin Phoenix and I haven't seen Judy, but probably Renee Zellweger. Yeah, we're gonna we saw it last year with 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 Spike Lee himself. <laughs> Same thing. Laura Dern, Brad Pitt. Like Denzel Washington yeah. won for Training Day. Come yeah. on. Yeah. So I'm going to go with 1917, one PGA. It's got a lot of tech support behind it as well. I'll, I reckon I'll say 1917 will win, but it should be Parasite. Yeah. Parasite was my favourite film. Fingers crossed for Parasite. Parasite yeah. was my favourite film of last year. And it was actually, uh, and it's the only film on this list that actually made my top 10. I mean, The Irishman came in at 12th, but, and Marriage Story and at it's, 15. It's disappointing so. because I think Parasite probably has the best chance of like in a long time for a foreign language film to win. Mm. I, I thought Roma maybe last year, but like Parasite has picked up way more steam. I think Roma just wasn't like, it's not crowd pleasing enough. No. And I think it was more respected than loved. It was too good for the Oscars. Yeah. Much like how I think Parasite is, but maybe they're actually going to recognize something good for once. <laughs> Which we... <laughs> we hope so. We hope so. But well, we'll be rooting for Parasite, but... I think also we'll be able to tell throughout the night just by like the tech awards what's winning and that will give us an indication of probably who's going to win best picture. Okay. Like if 1917 just starts sweeping like production design and all that then yeah, I think it might win. All right, we hold we hold with bated breath Oscar results for when they happen on here on Monday I feel morning. Like it's going to be very close. Yeah, will you be watching them or do you I have, will do you be. 
I don't have uni, so you don't I will have, be. You're not skipping class or anything? Nope. Oh. Don't have class, so I will be watching. It will be Monday morning for us. Any last comments? Well, who are the other big snubs or things like that in any in any of the categories that Just we've people heard? of colour in general. Yep. <laughs> Women in general. I would have loved to have seen the farewell somewhere, at least in screenplay, yeah. but Where's I just Oprah don't think Fina? they saw it. Yeah. Like she like that was one of the biggest surprises. Like for her to win the Golden Globe first mm-hmm. of all, but then like I'd been hearing about her ever since Sundance. Ever yes. since the farewell played at Sundance. Like it was and all I'd heard about. Great box office as well. Incre- it was incredible per theatre average, I think, as well in the US. So it's disappointing. And also I think it's just incredibly sad that in the best actress category you had almost four locks and then that fifth slot was three people of colour vying for the last spot. And also Poor just Lapita. Like, yeah. Well, I, I, I think Lapita wasn't that great in Us and I also think Us isn't a very good movie. I didn't like Us, but I thought her performance was pretty good. Her performance good. is good. She made SAG She's as well. Surprising that Cynthia didn't make BAFTA line up for Best Actress, considering yeah, she's, she's British, British as well. She's English, yeah. You yeah. think snubs. I mean, it was never going to happen, but I was really pulling for Elizabeth Moss to get something her for smell. her smell. Maybe it's because it did the too festival small. circuit in 2018 and it's too, a too early. small. Too early, too small. And also, I think it's important to note this year's condensed season has just been wild. And it means that, like, there isn't really a chance for smaller films to, like, no. have, have a chance to gain momentum, right? So it's basically been the main like four or five films from the start of award season that's been carried through. Um, it's pr- practically unheard of that we've had, I think it was like four Oscar-nominated films, like with 11 or 10 nominations each, right? Yeah, that really happens. There's always one really. that, that sweeps nominations and then a couple like that La pick La up smaller yeah. ones. Yeah. La La Land got like 17 from memory and Something it won like, like that. six. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, the great thing is I think this year we'll probably get Almost every film with at least one Oscar win, so that's great. It'll be a bit democratic. Uh, democratic. Well, thanks for coming on, Sarah. It's okay. It's you, my pleasure. You're sharing your expertise and insight into the Oscars here. I will write down all of these uh, predictions and I will put them on our Facebook and Twitter pages. So if we, to keep track of, I think we actually had pretty pretty similar ones, but I think there are some differences in yep. there. And come Os- come about four p.m. on Monday, we'll find out who got more. And if people want to find you online, where can they find you for all of your other award season tidbits and just reactions? Because you have, <laughs> I don't know how you get them so quickly. You always have something lined up. Like your draft section in your Twitter must be like massive. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's pretty sizable. Um, yeah, if people want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at Sarah on Film, um, and my letterbox is linked to that but most of my reactions are on twitter perfect thanks for coming on sarah no worries thanks for having me g'day guys i really hope you enjoyed that episode of another bloody movie podcast talking all about the 2020 academy awards the 92nd oscars and our predictions my very scattershot just complete conjecture like based on no real merit and then sarah's ones which were researched and actually you know well thought out and actually had some insight into both, you know, past history of the awards and then also the rest of award season. And again, a big thank you for Sarah for coming on the show. She was an awesome guest. Absolutely loved having her on. I wanted to have her on this show specifically for this episode for months now, and it turned out great. And I'd love to get her back on and maybe even start an annual tradition with the Oscars so we can do a pre-Oscars episode where we do predictions. That would be fantastic. And Look, Sarah's pretty big on Twitter. Like, she has over 2,500 followers, some of which may have even... Some of you might be might have listened to this just for her. And if you enjoyed this episode and be like, hey, this other guy that's nowhere near as smart and knows as much about movies as her, 
Maybe I'll give this guy a bit of a go and listen to more episodes of this podcast. If you thought that, please consider subscribing to us. We're on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast fix. Just search for Another Bloody Movie Podcast and hit that subscribe button. You can also like our Facebook page. You can follow us on Instagram at Another Bloody Movie Pod and follow us on Twitter at AB Movie Podcast. And you can find me both on Instagram at Twitter, both at SeanHub underscore, that is S-E-A-N-H-U-B underscore. You can follow me on Letterboxd, letterboxd.com forward slash Sean Coates. You can read my full written reviews at moviebabblereviews.com. I have recently wrote a review for The True History of the Kelly Gang, the new Australian film, which is absolutely excellent. I've got 1,300 words on that website right now as to why I think that film is incredible. So go read that over at moviebabblereviews.com. And speaking about more True History of the Kelly Gang, I did that on a, more, on a recent episode of Another Bloody Movie podcast with my good friend and regular co-host Eric Tischer in an episode where we released current release films including Kelly Gang, obviously, but Uncut Gems, The Lighthouse, Peanut Butter Falcon, Forsama, Color Out of Space, and more. Go listen to that episode. And also, go listen to the episode I did with Hudson Sawada, the artistic director for the Fantastic Film Festival of Australia, happening in Melbourne and Sydney from February 20th to March 4th. I had a a great chat with Hudson about all of the weird, wonderful, and wacky genre films that will be playing at that festival. And don't forget, we still have a giveaway going where you can win two tickets to the Fantastic Film Festival. Go to Another Bunny Movie Podcast Facebook page and look at the pin post to see how you can win. Thanks very much for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, we'll see you later. Bye-bye.